When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You're listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this afternoon. How are you, Keith? Where's the folly, Melikolo de Messene? Uh, Keith has been supporting Arsenal <laughs> since 1887. Ah, do you know what language that was? I'd actually said, hello, pleased to meet you, Alan. Did you? Yes, I did. Well, we, Where's you've, the... kn- you've known me for years. Yes, but I, I said it in a different language. Where's the folly, Melikolo de Messene? Do you right. know what language that is? I, I know. I, I'm going Eastern Europe. <laughs> no, you're way no. off, mate. No? I'll Go give on. you a clue. Dead language. Dead language? Oh, is it ancient Greek? No. La- is it Latin? No, it's Anglo-Saxon, mate. Anglo-Saxon. Oh. Yes. Oh, the, t- the mother tongue of the Brexiteer. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> a little message. Me- message you've been, to you've been attending there. their secret meetings again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hey, well, they hey. talk about how we've got more vaccines than the EU. Come L- on! Listen, that may come in useful for you one day. You're going in for casting and uh, for Alfred the Great. You yeah. throw a little bit of uh, Anglo-Saxon at them, they go, you've got the part, Alan. I tell you, you who needs a bit of Anglo-Saxon? Granite Jacker. Hey, see what I did there? <laughs> Absolutely. Go on then, talk me through this phrase. as it goes? Slow it down, break it, it down. Where's of Hala? Where's of Hala? Which is hello. Okay. And then Malikane Demethane. Malikane Demethane. Of the fascinating thing about Anglo-Saxon is we have no idea, do we, what it, what it would have actually would have sounded like. But one thing we can be sure of is it wouldn't have sounded anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> and Cyberpoola is here. Cyberpoola is here. Crouched down behind a pop shield. All I can see is the logo of a baseball cap. What's it say on that one, T? It's a Dulwich Hamlet baseball cap, uh, showing cool solidarity one. with Dulwich Hamlet because they've just said today they can't fulfil their fixtures because of um, the postponement in the league and no help from their league. Um, but I can't believe it's, not, it's, it's the Dulwich Hamlet play, logo. They're not going bust again, are they? No, they're not going bust. They just said that they can't fulfil their fixtures. So um, because the National League suspended the... Uh, when they just suspended the league... It, it, Go to the Dulwich Hamlet uh, Twitter account or anything like that to find out no, more no, details because we can go on about it. No, no you're, you're, you're my I... go-to man for the... For, uh, do you call him the Hamlet? I call him the Hamlet, yeah. The Hamlet? You're yeah. my go-to man for the Hamlet. All right. It's a cool logo on the on the cap. Is it like a Trojan shield, you know, with a skull in there? 
It is something ah, like that, Keith. Good. I can't believe, good. though, that we've just had you, like, doing a silent call-out to all your QAnon mates. And you're uh, in... <laughs> you in, see, in, listen, in, now, listen, uh, listen, that, just because... That, that, that is slander. Uh, that is, yeah. <laughs> a, a little bit of Anglo-Saxon does not go on there this, you go. does it? And like, if, and, to your, if we to the, secret Brexiteer up, gr- the secret Brexiteer group. You know as well as that, Keith is an old, he's an old lefty who just can speak the tongue of the Brexiteer. <laughs> I can just mingle with them and they can't see me coming. It's nothing no. to do with Brexiteer. We would have been sounding Scandinavian if we Harold hadn't norsed it up at Hastings. Norsed it up? Norsed yeah. it up, yeah. Now, talk right, me through enough. your use. Your, this is a phrase that only you use, Keith. Norsed it. <laughs> to, to Norse, he norsed. It usually ends with a little extra, it up. It's always something that's been up. <laughs> Wait, I mean, is this one of your own invention? Because no. he's really started using it in the last couple of years. It's, it's, a, it's a Cockney expression, no co- up. A Cockney expression, yeah. no yeah. Can I just say, yeah. the answer okay. to your question, oh. before hearing Keith's Anglo-Saxon, the answer to your question was simply, I'm tired, Al. I'm tired and sad. <laughs> oh, I've had enough. Like I've reached... Yeah, I've reached that point. Um, and it's got nothing, of course, to do with... Uh, I know a lot of people said that the last week of January they found quite hard. But... Um, Arsenal still had fixtures after that. So um, I think I've reached my low today. Yeah. Something yeah. about today, which has just made me sad and unusual, Al. So there we are. But thank you, Keith, for the Anglo-Saxon, because I feel better. Well, already. you know, well, we could have been sadly very Scandinavian. But let's let's talk about... We're talking to you, uh, listener. We're recording at uh, 10 to 5. It is at the moment on mm. Saturday afternoon. So it's about an hour and a half... Uh, since Joe Willock smashed one in. Um, <laughs> Just a and, uh, if I, It could only be, it's such a shame because it could be a big night on the tune tonight, but of course everyone's, the big market will be quiet. But uh, it'll be an instant local hero up there, Joe, if he scores on his debut and they win. I think they're hanging on at the moment for a 3-2. We better keep an eye on that. Who wants mm. to volunteer for keeping an eye on the score? Yeah, I can do that. And See it's also, that. it's one hour after Joe Widdick scored and two hours after um, Narrative FC uh, pulled off a save. Um, <laughs> in like Martinez pulled off uh, a save from a Shaka free kick. Oh, God. That was, I mean, he had some sort of a trampette in the six-yard box there, didn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. that was like, he must have used one of those things that they use in the vault at the Olympic Games. He got his arm a good nine foot up in the air. They, I mean, right up over the crossbar. Extraordinary agility. He's a big man. He's got big muscles on him. He's a unit, isn't he, old Martin? We were talking about we were talking about Billy's boots a couple of weeks ago. I mean, these are like he had Siemens boots. He had narrative boots on. He had everything that was. There was no way. Did they beat us three now in the first in the first leg in the first leg in the early yeah, well, on? It the did season. feel like that. It did feel like the second leg. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, three nil. There's literally no way this season that Mart- Emmy Martinez was letting Arsenal score a goal against him, was there? And well, he- helped by the fact that Arsenal, as you know, have uh, abandoned as a policy of scoring goals. They've abandoned trying to take a shot. This yeah. seems to be their route to the back of the net: is to keep keep the ball outside the penalty area and away from the goal, or just give it to Pepe and he'll lose it. Well, I, I was listening to the radio today and uh, Martinez was being interviewed and he said, you know, I was 10 years at the club, but I was seeing other keepers being brought in before me. And he's just thinking, oh, what a mistake. They never really gave the guy a chance. So I knew he was going to have a blinder. But what upset me today is 
I'm hearing time and time again, Arsenal started off slow, lackadaisical. Uh, they're almost like they're in a dreamlike situation. Uh, there's no commitment. We can't start games like this every week. But it's I tell you what, Keith, teams that are 10th in the table, that's how they play. Yeah. It's true. It's that's so how true. they play. It's true, it's true. Sometimes yeah. if it all works, if it all clicks, or they're playing someone crap, yeah. and it all comes together, they might score three goals and have a good win. But most of the time, they'll struggle to get a win. They'll struggle to create a chance. They'll always be a little bit vulnerable. And that's what happens if you're 10th in the league. I, I'm, I'm, again, being asked to buy into a project or something. When George Graham came, there was no project we were supposed to buy into. We were never told that Arsene Wenger was going to mm. need time for the project that he was embarking on. These people knew what they wanted to do when they turned up and they started organising it and they got on with it. And I, we, I can't, I'm sorry, but the, I've, you know how I feel about it. The project mm. has long since expired for me. Get your side on the pitch, motivated and hungry to chase the ball down and get it in their box and get some shots off. It's really poor today. It was weak. Really it was poor. feeble. It was sad. It was awful. Yeah. It was grim. It was just, it, it, it was so, so boring to watch. It was just depressing. It is a shame, really, because we'll rewind a little bit. We lost, as you know, listener by now. Uh, uh, we'll, you'll understand that we're talking soon after a 1-0 defeat to Aston Villa. We lost earlier in the week uh, to Wolves. We somehow contrived to blow up our own Ferrari. It was like we were in a Ferrari flying around the track setting lap records and then we decided to take all the wheels off. Well, that really upset me. <laughs> that game, of all games to lose, really upset me. We're doing really well. And then I'm looking at my watch and it's a minute to go to half-time. How many times... How many times do we give the ball away and we concede either a free kick or a goal just before half-time? And you think, keep the ball up the other end, put it in a corner flag, wait for the half-time whistle. Or, and, if you're oh. the centre-back, don't chase anyone all the way at halfway. Yeah, yeah. Just sit in front of your keeper, nice shape in the back four, someone in front of you, see it through to half-time. No need to pursue anyone to halfway mm. and leave a gaping hole in the back four that someone will run into. And then they're all saying, oh, Holding should have got across there. Holding's got 40 yards of pitch to cover, mm. sadly, because there's no holding midfielder filling in for Louise. And Louise has gone AWOL, he's gone walkabout. Just like Gabriel did against Southampton, he's gone walkabout and they've gone in behind him. And then, I don't know, what do you think about the I think pen? I think what gets lost in that like, discussion of whether it should have been a red card or not, and of course it's absurd. And we it wasn't a that. red card. No, of it course not. We can come card. to that and we can no. come to Peter Walton, who's really blotted his copybook with me this week. But the thing is, like you say about Louise being out of position and then getting back, something was always going to happen. Right? Yeah. Something happens to you're him. Right. If you're, so there are some people that some stuff just always happens to. Chaos follows him. And we talked about him having a great performance the other week. But there are just some people where I'm sorry, by now the risk ain't worth it. It's not well, enough. Well, I, I totally agree with you, T. And the thing, we've said it a long time, in a three is fine. Because in a three, his job is to be the last man, to be closest to the keeper and to send his two mates out to chase people if they need chasing, not to get pulled out of position. And it's so easy to pull him out of position. Same with Gabriel. So easy to move him. If you're playing against someone clever, I mean, that guy, they've signed him, William Jose. We don't even really know anything about him, do we? Didn't they sign him from La Liga or something? I've never really heard of him. They brought him in because they had this injury to Jimenez. And he just pulls Luis to halfway and spins him behind. You know who used to do that for us? He was the absolute master of it, Eduardo. It's absolute basic forward play. Aguero does it all the time. Can I pull this guy somewhere? Can I take him somewhere? 
that will make a hole. It's one of the. It's what Firmino does yeah. all the time. So anything happens after that is a consequence of this f up on the halfway line. Mm. One totally. minute before half. To one minute before half. Also, there needs there has to be communication with Holding and Louise. Don't go. Stay. Stay. Or if he does go, you have got to shift over five yards because you've got there is a gap. It was such a balls up. But it was it was never a pen. First of all, and why the, is it, it never the, a pen though? The, I mean, I've heard this is never a pen. He's run across the back of his legs as he's running in on goal. Any touch at all hmm. there, it's a pen. He's he's run across behind it exactly the same when when Kieran Tierney ran in the box with Rhys James behind him against Chelsea, and he felt a little clip. You've got a pen. It's a nailed on easy pen. That wasn't a red card because Tierney was running along the byline rather than directly in front of the goal 10 yards out. But it, why did he run behind him and risk the contact? No one's going to believe you when you say it's an accident. Well, they're not <laughs> going to believe it, when, especially when it's Luis. That's the thing. As soon as it's that player, it's going to be a red, whatever happened. Even if he hadn't actually physically touched the man, as soon as the guy went down, it would have been a red because it's that guy. And that's All the they're looking done. for on VAR is, is there any contact at all? Hmm. And when they see there is, it just confirms the referee's decision. And if you believe that Louise is faking it and trying to make it look like he isn't trying to clip his heels by accident, then you, then you know it's a professional foul and it's a red card. Peter Warren and Keown said that, didn't they? Which, to be fair, is not the kind of subjective analysis that you should be bringing into the game. Like Peter Warren was like, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Louise, isn't it? And uh, Keown kind of backed him up the same way. It's just weird that after looking at it again, VAR didn't overturn it because it's just, it's very, very, it's very, very flimsy, Al. It's really it is. It's like, I agree. It was the smallest touch. Of course, the Wolves player, as soon as he felt it, there's a pirouette and a scream and a sprawling in the turf. But, the, you know, that's his job. That's what he's paid thousands of pounds a week to get to not get into. For, his, yeah. for his team. And Louise, Louise, it's a mug to run behind him and risk a contact there. But after Even that, if it is the slightest After contact. that, it was just funny, though, wasn't it? After that, like, I mean, you say you got angry. I didn't get angry with the rest of the game. It was just, I was trying to remember in the week, uh, there was a game where we got spanked and Arsene Wenger, a classic press conference afterwards, just came out and said, well, you know, the the first one happened and basically the next three happened because the first one happened kind of thing. He just sort of dismissed oh, yeah. them all. Do you remember yeah. that one? Oh, we had a game at Tottenham where we lost 5-1 in the league. Cup. That was, right. And the first one was really close to half time. <laughs> didn't count. The second one was immediately the game had just started second half. So that didn't count. The th- <laughs> one of them was offside, so that didn't count. And one of them was right at the death when the game was over anyway. So actually... More of a one-nil defeat. It, it was, well, it was one-all. Yeah. <laughs> that was basically sort of what he said. And that's sort of but what well, now Tell me this, like. though. This is what really annoyed me. This is what made me furious about it. I thought, what's going to happen now is we're going to bring on another centre-back because we, we, you know, we're away from home, so someone's going to get sacrificed. I immediately assumed it's going to be one of the younger kids. It'll probably be some young kid who's hardly played any Premier League football get sacrificed here. That would make sense. Keep your experienced players on the pitch. But he sacrifices Lacazette, who Smith Rowe said uh, publicly, Lacazette's really helping me in games. He's talking me through matches. So they say leave Smith Rowe out there on his own up top. That felt like a mistake. Mm. And then, obviously, from the beginning of the second half, the game plan was evidently to put in a low block and try and pinch one on the break. When actually, we had been outplaying Wolves, completely outplaying them. So why, just because it's 1-1 and you've got a man less, why completely abandon all of the good work you were doing? You were so on top. 
Get hold of that football again. You are a man down, but carry on playing. Do what you were doing in the first half. Try and be progressive. Don't invite them on. They've got an extra man. They do pass it very, very well. They've got some excellent players. You, you'll concede. We'll just we'll concede, guaranteed. Let's keep the ball. Do what we've been doing. Try and get up the pitch and make a chance and get a second, because if we don't, we're going to lose this. We absolutely retreated into some hideous, boring, part of the bus mentality. When we used to go a 10 back in the day under Arsene, I know everything was different under Arsene. Arsene, so counterintuitive, that's why he was a genius. We would never park the bus with 10. Never. <laughs> we would just carry on exactly as we always played. Mm. Just people would have to work a little bit harder. Everyone would say to one another, it's it's 10% more than normal, lads. We're a man less. We would never park the bus with Ted. You're no better than me, Al, but, um, or uh, Keith, if you can remember. Was there ever a game against 10, uh, when we went down to 10, where we did get spanked? Because I can't think of one. No, no, I can't either. Oh, I remember. It's the, game, the away game that we went to at Bolton. Oh. We went down to 10 <laughs> and we were 2-0 down. What and, a day. And, and Hleb and Fabregas and Diaby and all of them just got the ball and passed their way up the pitch and scored three goals. Why do we just abandon it? I, I, I hate this. I cannot bear Arsenal shrinking into their shells, parking the bus, trying to be... I don't know, the low block classic. It was all. It was one thing in the cup. It's one thing against Manchester City in the cup semi-final. It's, a, it's one thing against Liverpool when you've pinched a couple of lucky goals in the league and you're, and you're holding on for a win or, or in the community shield. That's one thing. That's another thing. And, and you're just hoping that Aubameyang will nick you a goal, and he does. But you can't approach football like that. That is not how Arsenal play. Just because we've had a man sent off and it's one all doesn't mean we have to park the bus for the second half. We're much the better team. We look really good. Partey was giving a superb masterclass in the centre and midfield. Every single ball was so well weighted. We got all these fantastic footballers, young kids. Go after them and get a second goal and make sure we get out of here without losing, lads. You're much better than them. I know we're down to 10. Everyone's going to have to work harder. Put your foot in. Be clever. Cut the little fouls here and there. doesn't matter if you pick up a card. Just go out there and be difficult and play your football. I, it, it, I hate this. It's almost like a cowardice. It's mm. kind of, we're going to have to, or oh, we're a man less. We've got no chance. Everyone behind the ball. Two banks of four, run around, take lacquer off. We need we need legs. It's bullshit. It was asking for trouble. And even then, once Moutinho had put that one in, no one closed him down for that shot, did they? And he stopped. So what a belting shot that was. In off the post, no chance, unless you're Martinez, probably get there. Probably catch it. <laughs> once they'd done that, they didn't even try and score, did they? They didn't yes, try and no, score. Yeah, they had no. 90, at one point they had ninety percent. There was you know it comes up on the screen. Last ten minutes, Wolves ninety percent possession, shots none. And then Just none. Of course. Like, it doesn't matter because there's no fans in. Doesn't matter. It's a training exercise. And before we talk about the um, the Leno aberration, can we just talk about? I can't talk the, about that. Can we just talk about the shoulders on uh, Adama Traore? <laughs> you could land a helicopter on his back. Sensational. <laughs> so much land mass moving at a rate as imagine well. Him, like, imagine his, his naked ass when he's drying himself after a shower. Goodness oh, me. God, imagine the, ripple, the rippling muscles. It's like a bullock. More than. <laughs> you think, what is that made of? That The back end of that 
Keith sat back. That? Keith sat back and had a he, little. He's taking off his headphones. He's taking off his headphones. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to think about himself. He doesn't want to think of the haunches of Traore. Not for not for much longer than he has to. There isn't a towel on the market that you could wrap around that man. The billowing sail of the Queen Mary wouldn't even cover one buttock. A massive tarpaulin with Victoria Concordia oh, Crescent on it. That would just cover one arse cheek. The covers that they use the covers that they use at Wimbledon it Centre would, Court. It would have to be the entire square at the Oval. You'd have to <laughs> When you lot go off on a tangent, you certainly do one, don't you? I mean, really. I mean, just the dark corridors of your mind. I hated the way we lost that game. I hated it. I hated it. And now, there's obviously some problem physically with Partey, right? Because he's been subbed the last two games, feeling his hamstring, and he's obviously not 100%, is he? But still cruising round in second gear. He's the best player in the squad, suddenly. Now Ozil's gone. Well, it's the same time every, it's the same time every match, isn't it? I mean... D- we have rushed him back. We tried to rush him back, obviously, too quickly, and he got injured again. But it's the same again, and the games are coming round so fast. Now, I messaged you too, and I said, what about Ceballos coming on? Because I was wanting to see, as Xhaka was having one of his days where he couldn't be asked, did a bit of hiding, did a bit of unambitious passing, yeah. didn't want to be the governor in there today, didn't really fancy it against McGinn or something. I don't know. It was a bit too easy for I actually for thought Xhaka had a, he had a moment, though, didn't he? He had a couple of forward passes in the... And just like you lot were saying um, the other week about him and like party dragging something out of him, like I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be all right today. He 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 sort of he disappeared a bit quickly. I wanted him yanked not... second half. You know what he did in stoppage time? That stupid tackle that one. Of course Grealish. he did. He did his shack. He did his shaka late on, and of course, like you know, and they everyone... did, yeah, Grealish sits on the ground. Grealish had a poor game, really. I think he was a bit preoccupied mm. with Saka. They were really dirty with Saka, weren't they? They really were. And I'm like, there's a little bit of a, a blot. I don't want to set Keith off again and we won't go into Grealish's calves too much because we've been there before and they are magnificent I don't want to do that Keith don't worry but there was a few like the cameras caught a few slow motion real snarls when they were taking on uh, uh, Saka today so actually I think Grealish blotted his copybook with me today um, still... there was something going on in that game some yeah, of the Arsenal players the Arsenal players were not happy with the treatment of Saka and I imagine they're not happy with Grealish calling Saka out on social media and I'm, I missed that. Uh, yeah, well, after after Saka put that goal in, that chip with his right foot in at the far post against Chelsea, when it looked like he was shaping for a cross and it dropped oh, yeah. into it dropped into the far post, and they said, "Did you mean it?" And he said, "Of course, man." And that, as uh, lots of player, ex players have said, particularly ones who are punditing, he didn't mean that. That was a cross all day long, uh, and Grealish went on, I think, Instagram. Saying tell the truth, bro, or something. I mean, in in a kind of we're England teammates way, but also in a slightly over familiar. I'm not your mate, actually. <laughs> I don't I don't even know you. Uh, we we we've had one England squad together. Um, shut up. Which um, and I think he did tell him to shut up. Anyway, I don't know if it has anything to do with it or not, but mm. I did feel as though they were on the same side of the pitch. I felt like there was some needle towards Saka, who's nineteen year old kid. And the Arsenal players weren't happy about it. And the, and the little midfielder who really kicked him, that brought a big reaction from our bench. Well, marvellous Nakamba, apart from having the best name. Adam, him. It was, it was that him, guy. yeah. He, he was doing a lot of squealing today. Like that party, the party yellow card was on him and that was pathetic. Hmm. Um, 
but Villa had, look, Villa had a good game today. And in case you didn't notice, Tyron Mings uh, was man of the match. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Martin Keogh. That's hilarious. It's, Martin- I mean, I always find it hilarious. Whoever the <laughs> if, they, if it's a pundit, you know, if it's Gary Neville, very often it'll be a fullback man of the match. I mean, if it's Keown, it'll always be a centre-back. If they ask Jamie Redknapp, where will this game be won or lost? He'll go, midfield. The game will be won or lost, midfield. And he'll find a midfielder, normally one who's quite tidy on the ball, but doesn't actually get enough goals or assists. So guess what? <laughs> <laughs> and so every time, Mings is really impresses Keown. And, and he is an impressive man, Mings, and he's an excellent player, excellent defender. But, I mean, the most run-of-the-mill blocks of shots, headers, getting in the way of people, doing bog-standard centre-back work. And he was singing his praises like we were watching some combination of Bobby Moore and Franz Beckenbauer. And all we were watching, really, was a budget Sol Campbell, wasn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> and a pretty inept forward line to deal yeah. with. Um, I um, Just going back to that one thing you said about, so I'm not sure Sobias would have... Uh, Done the thing today, but one I thing just that... wanted to see him. I, I wanted to see him with Partey. Yeah, I wanted to see have a bit we... of that La Liga vibe in there. Have we seen them two together yet? No, I don't think so. Or certainly they haven't started together. Well, given that Partey makes that, it... that I can remember anyway. Yeah, well, given Partey makes his partner better, then you might be onto something there. Okay, gents, uh, investing, as you know, is one of the best ways to grow wealth over the long term. However, high commissions and clunky products from traditional stockbrokers can make it complicated. Free trade is on a mission to change that by breaking down these barriers and opening up stock investing to everyone. Free trade doesn't charge any commission fees. You can invest, keep more of your profits. It's an award-winning app. It's used by over 300,000 people. It's FCA authorised. It lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs and investment trusts without commission. It's the winner of the British Bank Awards 2019 and 2020 Best Online Trading Platform. And more importantly, it sponsors the Tuesday Club. So to my mind, the best of all financial trading apps. Uh, You can sign up for a general investment account. You can sign up for a stocks and shares ISA or Free Trade Plus with more advanced order types and a bigger stock universe. So all sounds a bit exciting. Uh, Obviously, uh, when you invest, your capital is at risk and the value of your investments can go up or down. You may receive less than your original investment. And finally... um, Go to freetrade.io forward slash Tuesday, freetrade.io forward slash Tuesday. And if you register and fund your account, you will get a randomly allocated free share worth between £3 and £200. It might be a share in Greg's. It might be in Rightmove. It might be in Apple. It won't be in the arse. <laughs> uh, for more information, visit freetrade.io. Yeah, if you invest in the Arsenal, you will definitely receive less than you originally invested, especially yeah. in the emotional stakes. You could buy investing, Andy Willian. Why have we so gone off the boil so quickly? Oh, come on, I thought after the Wolverhampton game, there was a certain amount of feeling of being, you know, we've been unjustly denied a victory. And we would have gone into today's game with a, a good fighting attitude. Yeah, I don't, don't know, Keith. I don't know, it's, Keith. It feels we were like... a bit poor against Man U as well, really, yeah. weren't we? Yeah, it does feel like, like I mentioned it before, like that, the quote-unquote unbeaten run um, under Emery, which was always, it, it just always felt made of paper. You know what I mean? And it just feels like it's a relief when we don't play badly. Mm. You know, like look at, 
the 44 minutes against Wolves, which were great, but you kind of knew, like I was saying about Louise, you know something's coming. You know what I mean? So when you say, why are we reverting like to playing badly? We're, like, as Al said at the beginning, we're 10th. This is who we are. Some, well, I don't understand some of the substitute. I don't understand this thing where he pulls off a fullback and sticks Saka in the back four. I don't understand that. He's our most dangerous attacker. I don't get that one at all. I've, I've given up on Pepe. I cannot talk about him. I just can't. <laughs> I've, I can't talk about him. I can't talk about and the he's amount of times. He's making effort today. Uh, he, God, he, he concedes possession. It's poor touch. It gives the opponent a chance every time. He, he can't shoot. If he does, sh- if he gets one in, it seems like a fluke. Uh, the goal he got a Wolves. I don't know how he wangled his way through that situation, but uh, it's driving me mad. Willian's form, I don't understand. No, Willian's drunk. I, I, I Willian is drunk. I, I really, really want to see Balogun. I really want to see Balogun and I really want to see Nketiah get more minutes. I cannot stand a sight of these two idiots anymore. And I'm absolutely with you, Keith, and with Damien the other week saying, we're 10th. What's the point of persevering with a 32-year-old who's form shit? What's the point of this kid for, who's, who, who has five good touches and 25 shit ones? What's the point of persevering? We've sent Maitland Niles off on loan. We sent Willock off on loan. What are we going to do with Balogun and Ketia then? Just bench them? We're just going to bench Balogun until he leaves in the summer? We saw flashes, all right, Europa League, but we saw flashes of a real talent now, proper talent. We cannot score a goal for love nor money. Give this 19-year-old 20 minutes at the end of a game when we're desperate for a goal. Not Boxy Willian. Mm. Every every time he cuts inside, what's he going to do here? Do you think he'll blast it against a defender? I think he might. It's as predictable as Kolasinac. There was that moment, wasn't there, uh, when just after you come on, I think your second touch, um, in our box, just outside our box, where he just passed it to Ollie Watkins. Yeah. Slowly, drunkenly. Uh, and there was a Richard Donaldson, Ardono one. Uh, I think you were in on this uh, this tweet. He said, are the goals at the training ground that Pepe uses for shooting drills slightly bigger than regulation? Because that can be the only well, listen, that can be the only excuse, like you said last week. <laughs> Alan said, listen, we should try Balagon. I mean, we only found out we had a really good second string keeper Right, when uh, Leno got injured. Nobody, you know, well, we did know that Martinez was good because they played him in the cup. But, but what did we do? Then we sold him. So we'll probably sell Balagon and then he'll be playing for Dortmund and he'll be, Well, you we're know, not going to have any choice with, we're not going to have any choice Jesus. with Balogun, Keith. But I tell you what, I mean, I, I think the thing that got me today or stayed with me today was that breakaway, you know, that breakaway. Right at the very end when Pepe got the ball down the right hand side, that one. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking. Well, we can come back to that one. I'm oh, talking, you're talking about, about the, one with Lacazette in the middle the of Lacazette, the game. The Lacazette one. That one just drove me up the wall sitting here. When he just passed Sque- it, he had two passes on, and he just kicked, he kicked it straight at Mings, which yeah. allowed Keon to do a five minute monologue about what great positional play that was. Just by how Mings. we cut down the <laughs> and everyone else in the world, everyone else in the world going, why? Why did he wait? 15 minutes for Mings to lumber over and get in the way when he could, he's got two greyhounds either side and he could have given it to either of them. Mm. That was so frustrating. It's not the first time we've seen that this season. He's not that player. I don't want to... I know he's been helping the youngsters recently. I know he's had... I know he's pulled his form out of the toilet so we're saying as if he's, you know, as if he's back onto something. But the Lacazette thing's done as well, surely. Surely. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I'm really struggling. I, to be perfectly honest with you... I, I was like this after the 2019 Europa League final. I was ready to sack the lot of them off. I didn't fancy any of them, really, yeah. even Oba. 
And Ober did win us the cup last year. He was superb. And he, he's, when he's got a chance, one-on-one with a keeper, it's a joy to watch. But the rest of his play isn't really doing it for me. And I really wanted to see younger talent given a chance, homegrown players. I wanted to see more Maitland-Niles. I wanted to see more Reese Nelson. Now I want to see Balogun. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm a fan. We're 10th. I want to see the kids from our Halen given a crack this season when there's nothing on these games. People are talking out of their asses if they're talking about the top four. You haven't got a clue what you're talking about. We've lost home and away of Villa and Wolves. And I'm telling you this, as a fan of over 40 years, that does not happen. Mm. We do not lose home and away of Villa and Wolves. But this has not happened with Wolves since the 70s. This doesn't happen. We, we go to Villa Park, they shit themselves, we take the points. Occasionally we might lose there by a goal. We don't go free at home. I know it's all different. I know it's COVID. I know there's more away wins than home wins. I get it. But this is piss poor Arsenal at the moment. Really bad. And we've got Leeds coming up now. And you know Leeds are better than us. They just haven't got as good players as we have. They haven't got the wage bill that we have. But they've got a spirit about them and a way of playing and an attitude that they're going to bring to the match. And you know what they're going to do because they know what they're doing. Alan, do you think, let's say, all right, Leeds next week. I mean, because basically the season's over. I can't see us going anywhere in the Europa League. If there was fans in that stadium next week, do you you think the attendance would be anywhere near 60,000? Do you think the atmosphere would be toxic? I would fear for the the, the life of Willian. I would... <laughs> and, and Pepe, I would fear for their lives. I shit you not, the place would be fuming. This bullshit about picking these people who cannot string two passes together, who keep conceding possession, who can't hit the target, who don't make any chances, who are playing shit awful football, who are overpaid, junk these people, bench them. Mm. If the kids played like that, they'd be benched. I guarantee they'd be benched. If Maitland-Niles played like that, he'd be benched. If Willett played like that, he'd be sent on loan to Newcastle where he scores a goal and they win, I'm told. That's correct. Nice. Well done, Joe. Good for you. Here's your win bonus. Well done. Steve Bruce is your friend for life and you'll always be a hero on the time. And and I love that because he's gone there and he's shown what he can do because he's given a chance. If he played like like Pepe played for Arsenal, he'd never play for Arsenal again. What does Reese Nelson have to do to displace Willian? What does he have to do? If he misplaces one pass, he's benched for 10 games. It's a different set of rules. Mm. It's a different set of rules for these guys. And if the kids, it must drive them mad. It must drive them out of their minds. And I keep on reading about what a great coach Arteta is. I don't doubt it. I'm reading that he gives them a, a, a written dossier, each player with a plan for the game. Can you imagine Wenger doing that? I mean, can you imagine the player even reading it? And if they read it, do they remember it? Or do you think they just compare dossiers? What's yours say? Well, mine says this. Oh, it says the same as last week. Oh, it says your opponent's decent. Decent? They're all decent. It's just, they'll just take the piss out of it. Because of course they will. Because all they want to do is get the ball at their feet and show how good they are. That's what they want to do. And now they sign this kid from Real Madrid and he's straight in the side. Yeah. And does he look any better than any of them? Does he look any better than Nelson or Willock or Maitland-Niles? Not particularly, no. He looks like a decent footballer. He obviously knows his way around the pitch. He's been training at Real Madrid for six seasons. He better. He's been playing under Zidane. He ought to know his way around. But when he gets the ball, do you think now they'll shit themselves? No, because what does he do? Ten yards square pass and some pointing. And then when he gets a chance, he blasts it into the crowd and he'll be back in next week because he's not a kid from Hale End. He'll get another go. So what are they, what are they supposed to think? So we will lose them. 
Maitland-Niles, if he does well at West Brom, or will it? And certainly Balogun will lose these kids. All right, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some of them just won't go on to be Champions League players. Maybe they will always be kind of, without being disrespectful to any of these sides, you know, the kind of Crystal Palace level or that kind of Wolves or Villa level, but above Arsenal. You know, Arsenal level. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly my point, T. Exactly. Why are we kidding ourselves? That we've got the makings of a great side here when it's shit on a stick in front of us, week in, week out. If it comes together, it'll be only down to it'll be down to Bakayo Saka and only Bakayo Saka if we win a game <laughs> this season. I've only I've seen a few I've seen a few green shoots with Pepe over the last couple of weeks, and I know he gave the ball away more than anyone else today. I think there's an Albino, Albino tweeted during the game about him giving the ball away more, but he still had he still had a couple of shots. You know what the, the youngsters we've got? I could imagine a manager like Brian Clough. Would be doing exactly what you're saying now. He'd I be you giving. Were going to say Owen Coyle. No, he'd be giving Balogun a, a chance. He'd be giving you know Maitland Niles. George a chance. Graham give, would. Yeah. George Graham would, and he would make them. He would make them so loyal to him. Yes. And they'd end, they'd end up hating him after a few, yeah. a few years. But they would have had a, probably a clutch of medals at the end of their if careers. Pepe, if Pepe was a dog, he would be in puppy training classes morning, noon, and night. You wouldn't, you wouldn't let him off the lead. Where's he gone now? Oh, he's shat on the rug again. How many times? <laughs> yeah, but the other day, he walked on his back legs around the car park. It was amazing. <laughs> but he shits on the rug every morning. <laughs> So what's Williams? So what kind of dog is William then? Basically? Well, he should be put down. The incontinent one. The incontinent one. He's also shit on the rug. If he, if William was in an OSPCA home, he'd have been there for fourteen years. Yeah. I think no one will take him. Yeah. I don't understand this thing with William. I don't understand how a player can be. Chelsea offered him a two-year deal. Let's not forget that. So we Everyone's offered him three. Like, oh, we're mugs. We're mugs for getting him. Chelsea offered him two years. He did. A, he had a good season last year. It's, there's a real problem here. And the same with Aubameyang. It's, there's a real problem here. He's not getting the best out of these people. Why is it? I don't really understand it. It feels like only the players who are immune to the coaching and the management thrive. Kieran Tierney is immune to coaching and management. Kieran Tierney will be exactly the same every match, no matter who he's playing for, anywhere, ever. He will be the same. It's unimprovable in his attitude. He it's been knows a long exactly time since our do. best players being a left-back, isn't it? <laughs> well, I I tell you, I, I do think it has made a difference the last three games, him not being there. I do 100%. Think not least because of uh, Zorro's shit pass. Oh, that was a terrible pass. Mm. But there you know, that was an excellent ball out by Martinez and a really good first touch. And Martinez is such a good goalkeeper and it really, really hacks me off that he was at the club when we signed Leno. And there was no need to do that 19 million quid. That was a stupid signing, just like every other signing in the Emery era. Every other signing. I'll let him off Martinelli, but he seems to be injury prone at the moment. I know that people gave Martinez some stick in the West Ham game because they let two Jesse Lingard shots. I'd say two things about that. One is, who knew that Jesse Lingard could hit shots like that? <laughs> I mean, he absolutely battered those, didn't he? Yeah. He looked really good. And he, those. But Martinez's trouble is he, he went with two hands. He's got a habit of going with two hands for things. He likes to catch things. He always goes with two hands. And it does mean that sometimes you end up not really going with either hand. You end up going with a kind of your forearms and making a bit of a barrier 
Whereas if you, if you can't get both hands to it, use one and make sure you put it on the ball and tip it wide. Just tip it past the post. Use one hand to tip it past the post. If you go with two and you put your forearms up, you've got no control over where that's going. And that is exactly what happened to him. That's just a coaching thing. That is just, we're going to do a couple of hours with you this week, Emmy, tipping it one-handed round the post. But he is an outstanding keeper. I would, honestly, they said no one's kept more clean sheets apart from Edison. Honestly, clean sheets. He, he's clean right sheets, up there. He's right up there with the best keepers in the in the division, Martinez. Well, interesting to see that West Ham are in a better position of making the Champions League uh, slot than we are. <laughs> yeah. You see where they are? Where's well, the, effect, the effects of long COVID are many and various. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would anyone like to talk about Leno coming out like a... <laughs> oh, say no! Oh, let's... I mean, no, I've, I don't know where the Morris Larson bells are, but even Almunia would have gone. Where's he going there? <laughs> well, that uh, was uh, we talked about last week. The last thing you want to see here, the last thing you want to see here, is the goalkeeper. <laughs> How did he get his body in that position? What was he like? <laughs> Did he see some sort of invisible barrier? Was he hallucinating? Did he think, hang on a minute, where's this three-foot wall come? I've got to jump it. Well, it was like... Why did he just head it? Head it! Well, it was... And then he tried to flip it with his hand and hope no one was going to notice. You're not Maradona. That is not the hand of God. That is the hand of a bellend. He just run out like a complete idiot. I mean, what was he thinking? It was a roller derby or something? Was he playing... For it's Wigan. such a weird I mean, movement you know, of the hand, isn't it? When he gets to it, it's such league. a weird kind of flip. It's like a flipper, like a like a a pink. What's the uh, pinball flipper? It sort of just comes out. He tries to keep it by his side and pretend it's his leg. It was like the Tyrannosaurus. It's like the Tyrannosaurus Rex in in, in Toy Story. <laughs> you know the Tyrannosaurus Rex in Toy Story. He's very timid. He's frightened. He's not very brave, and he can't. His his arms are really short, and he can't cover his eyes so it's quite a lot of the time he's going somebody cover my eyes somebody cover my eyes <laughs> that's what he was like he was like a, 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 the whole back four of defense is like the toy story cast half the time that is, be- is definitely in toy story that it, that is buzz Lightyear. that really is that is what happens to infinity and beyond <laughs> buzz buzz <laughs> But that is Come what you back would. From halfway, they've got him behind. <laughs> that is what you would do, Al, if you saw a hippopotamus coming towards you at two hundred <laughs> miles an hour, <laughs> with a billowing, with a billowing tarpaulin trying to cover his ass. A massive parachute, like right? a drag. He panicked because he panics because the largest, fastest person who's ever played Premier Why League. Why is he football out there, though? Wait, listen. Him. Every time Leno takes a, uh, a goal kick, that's what we should sh- shout to infinity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Just... I mean, I suppose he's playing sweeper keeper. It's like the old Ray Clement sweeper keeper thing, right? Because we're trying to keep a high line because we're a man short and we're trying to press high or whatever, I don't know. But what, you can't handle it there, mate. You can chest it, you can head it. What are you doing? So. Inexplicable. Worst bit of goalkeeping yeah. that we have ever seen. And that is an unbelievable statement. Well, that is... But I'll stand by it. We, we know how to implode. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just stupid. I mean, VIR, I mean, that those people, can we just go down there and just howling mob outside the building. I hate them. I mean, Lacazette's disallowed goal. One foot. He's foot. Is he, I mean, surely there's people at BT and Sky who could go to VAR and say, you're killing the game. If you I totally to, agree with you. And I'll tell you what it. really makes me furious. It isn't about where your limbs are. I right? know. It's not about where your limbs are. 
I re- the ones I really hate are where you see a player who's leaning forward because they're a striker, they're going towards the goal, their momentum's taken that way. So the, the upper arm, the T-shirt sleeve, mm. as they call it, is going towards the goal. To say that that bit of your arm, you're allowed to play with the, the ball with that, so therefore you're offside. Whereas the defender's leaning the other way, obviously, because he's trying to catch you offside or his momentum's away from goal. So you keep, you keep seeing these where the line is drawn from the the striker's sleeve and his sleeve's offside. Yeah. You have got to draw. When the, when the sprinters in 100 metres, they have got to breast to the finishing tape, right? It's not some other... It's not a limb. It's not Usain Bolt's leg that wins the gold medal. It's the chest. It's the finishing line. It is the chest that goes... It's different for the horses. With the horses, it's the tip of the nose. It's the first part of the animal that crosses the line. You have got to find some way of saying, what is the centre point of that footballer? What is the centre point of that man as he is where he is on that pitch? Mm. Is there some point on the centre of his rib cage, or his navel or whatever, his middle of his head or some centre point for each player so you can look at the pitch and say, he is, that's, the pl- that's where that player is. Not where his arms and legs are because they could be anywhere. He might be jumping, he might be sprinting, he might be leaning. His arms and legs are attached to his torso. They're not acting independently. He can't send his arm through a finish. Where's the man you're looking at? And when a player is level, blatantly their torsos are level by the naked eye on the pitch, like Danny Ings was the other day, when Martinez, again, going with two hands instead of tipping it over, presented him with a chance that was disallowed. You can't say his sleeve's offside. He, he is level. Without his arms, he'd fall over. Uh, it is farcical, VAR, absolutely farcical. And it appears to eliminate almost no errors because all that actually happens now is that the, the referee's assistants, they operate a different game. They no longer flag for offside. They wait and see how it pans out. But we can't continue like this. It, uh, it will kill football because when a goal is scored now, everything's going to be muted. I'm listening on the road, we score, and I'm thinking, oh, I'll start to celebrate and then let's wait and see. And this will continue until the point where for viewers at home, they won't enjoy it because they could watch a game where f- six or seven goals are scored, but each one has been ruled off. So it's a nil-nil. It makes it bad for You're viewers. absolutely right. And the other thing is, a thing that really this made me laugh out loud the other day, I forget which pundit it was, but someone actually used the phrase, well, I guess they'll even out over the course of a season. Oh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> they're talking about VAR decisions. Some you might get, some you don't. If they're close, you know, might get one, might get not. We had one last week, didn't get one last week. It's exactly the same as it always used to be. When some poor sod is trying to do it in a pissing rain with people threatening his life behind him with a flag, he can hardly see, he's knackered and he flags because he thinks it's off and he's doing his best. And you have to just believe he's doing his best. Mm. He's trying to get it right. And the rest trying to get it right and they get it in a blink of an eye in an impossible situation where no one could probably tell. And most of the time, you know what? They got it right. Mm. And now-, now this is supposed to just clear it up if it's definitely off. I would think if they are half a metre out with their decision, anything, anything under half a metre out, give them a, give them a break, right? I couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. But if they're half a metre or more out, then they've made an error and they would want it corrected themselves. It should have been. Yes. Do you remember the uh, Cardiff were playing Chelsea? Chelsea scored. So they, got, they were blatantly offside. I mean, literally four feet offside, and but the goals were given. I thought it was for those kind of situations, not the uh, badge 
width or the boot or the, you know, the I, sleeve. Absolutely. Well, the one, and I'll keep coming back to it, the Danny Ings goal the other day yeah. where he, he, he looked down the line, he stayed level, he made sure he was onside, and then he went in and tucked it away. Brilliant centre forward play. He was level. I would do anything for Danny Ings at the moment. He's, he's <laughs> oh, good, God, he? yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's very good. good. He is good, but so is Balogun, mate. Honestly, he is, really is. Well, we've got to give him a chance. And as you said, if we don't... Listen, if we played him the next couple of games and he stunk the place out, we go, well, at least we know. He was no good. But, I mean, but you know, why not give him a chance? And if he scores a few goals, you can go, well, there you go, William, you're out the door. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I've struggled with. I had. I mean, I said before, I struggled with Eddie and Ketty, and I, I want him to be. Of course, I want him to be great, but I, I'm. I want to see Balogun. That little flash that we had has uh, got me excited, and it's also part of the plan to make Arsenal Nigerian again. <laughs> we just. We just. Oh, I just. It's just annoying, and I'm just so fed up with the attitude of the players today. I mean. To, you know, two minutes in, we're a goal down, and they're still playing with no ambition to win the game. It's just, it's like they're going to comfort zone now. We're tenth. We're not going to go down. We're not going to go up. Great season's over. They're on the beach. Yeah, it does feel like there's a real. It wasn't. That didn't seem like a lot of desire today. I don't know. It was a messy game, wasn't it? It was a little bit fractious, and it was depressing, frankly. Nil one. Didn't deserve any more than nil one. Uh, I've had an email from uh, our email address. Listener is Tuesday Club Podcast at gmail dot com, and our Twitter feed is at not you Bentley. Not you Bentley. <laughs> um, Fraser Corbett has said, "I've got a song for you uh, to the tune of Hallelujah," and it goes, "I heard there was a number ten born and bred down at Halen. I bet you never heard of him, had you? He stood above an aging crowd. Murder sucker must be proud, and from our lips he drew a Hallelujah." Emil Smith-Rowe, Emil Smith-Rowe, Emil Smith-Rowe, Emil Smith-Rowe. I can't do it. Well, if we just do the Emil Smith-Rowe part to the tune of Hallelujah, it'll work for the... Yeah, it'll work. We don't need all the lyrics. No, we don't need the lyrics. Far too many lyrics. You know what my nine-year-old calls him? He calls him Swiss Roll. Swiss Roll. Emil Swiss Roll. (laughs) This is death row, isn't it? Pleases me. One of the people who went on loan last week was who is is he called Tommy? You know the geezer who just turned up at the on the bench at the cup final, I think it was, or the last day of the season we were all like. Was that that blonde haired fella? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I I just thought he was a mascot (laughs) that day. What's that all about? I've never seen him before. He's 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 on the bench. Do you know who that player was, Al? (laughs) The one who um the blonde kid who appeared on the bench last day of the season. We were all going, who's that? I think he oh, went on late uh, last week. Was it Smith? Was Is it Matt Smith? Matt Smith, not Tommy Smith. Uh, yeah, I think he went to, he was on loan somewhere and he's just gone to Charlton. Oh. But yeah, he got in all the photos. Yeah. <laughs> got in all the photos. He was in the match day squad. Like a proper competition winner. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I wonder if there was anyone who'd played in all the previous rounds and then didn't even make the suspension thinking, hang on, he got a medal. I got nothing. I played at a Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, now, uh, Matthew Carr has sent me an email. 
Uh, hi, Alan. I thought I'd put a slightly different spin on the quizzes you've been getting recently, which have been really good, and I think you'll like this. I certainly had fun researching it. Below are six quotes from different pundits discussing different Arsenal players in the last few years. Can you, can you guess the player the quote refers to and... The pundit who said it. Oh, this is oh, this is really yeah, right. This oh. is right up in your wheelhouse, Tim. Mm, it really is very is. relevant to my interest. <laughs> okay, this is quote number one. Uh, the quote is, you know, a little reminder: you've got to guess the pundit and guess the Arsenal player that they're talking about. I'll tell you what would happen next time. Whoever comes in, he will probably pay well for 10, 11 games, and we'll say he's a good player. Then he'll start making mistakes because he's bored. Well, I'm going to go uh, Tony Adams. No. Oh. No. Oh, T's got his hand up. Oh, go on, T. Go on, T. He's well, in. The pundit is Jamie Redknapp. Oh, tidy finish. Oh. <laughs> and the player is Shaka. Granite no. Shaka. Oh, no. No. Oh, oh, can, you, can you come in with a steal on the player? Uh, Off the post. I'm going to go uh, Ozil. No. No. Oh, no. could have made it 1-1. I, I was no. listening to it. He, he did. The player he's referring to did exactly what he's described this week. Having, play, having been mad at the match against Manchester United, then made an absolute balls up at Molyneux three days later. No. An absolute classic. Really? David Louise. David Louise. David Louise. Wow. He's talking about David Louise after that terrible night when we lost 4-1 in the League Cup to Man City. And I really was wondering if it was... You know, the David Moyes game was all done. It was done. Mm. Okay, here we I go. Like I like this. Here we go. You'll like this one. You'll like this one. Uh, you, uh, guess the pundit and guess the Arsenal player. It's ridiculous. That is for TV cameras. It's kid on football. What is that? That is pretend football. That's what you see from under 12 kids on the park. Right, sorry. King. Not good enough. No. Oh. Oh. Graham Sooner. Oh, you're on fire. <laughs> I could have got away with that once in my Liverpool career oh. and I'd have been sat on the bench watching the rest of the game until I learned. Hector Bellerin. Graham Sooner is talking about... I think the thing you have to remember is the kid on football. Pretend. Pretend you know, football. Think of the player who makes a show. Granite, Sh- Granite, Granite Shaka. Shaka. Granite <laughs> he, look, he looks like he's making a tackle. He looks like he wants the ball. He's good at acting like a footballer, <laughs> but he is not. He is not. He said in an interview in the Guardian, was it the Times I read? Guardian, I think it was. Uh, it was. He, he goes. Uh, I've never run away from anything in my life. I thought, are oh, people who say that cannot be trusted? That is bullshit. <laughs> Anyone who says I've never been scared of anything is a liar. Mm. I'm scared of a traffic warden. That, <laughs> that you're lying, right? And especially if you're playing a physical game of football against some hard men. You, you've been frightened at corners when you think you're going to get elbowed or you might bang heads. You've pulled out of headers. Everyone does. You're not, it's, not, it's human nature. And it's, it's, it's about dealing with that and overcoming it and doing it anyway. They, all the players are frightened when they go on the pitch. Of course they are. It's an idiot. So I've never run away. I've seen you running away from stuff, Granite. I've seen you running away from 50-50s. I've seen you hiding from the ball. I've watched you, my friend, for five seasons or whatever it is. And the only time you, sh- the only time you show up is for those pointless free kicks in the last minute, which you always give away. It's just about what position on the pitch he's going to give it away, whether it's going to be a yellow or a red. Do you know what I mean? It's always... But he always does it. Well, how many times have you seen him turn turn away when the ball's hit at him, either at a free kick or something, and it goes past him and then goes past the keeper? And you think, well, if you just stood your ground, it would hit your chest. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, but I think you'll agree. 
This is a good quiz. Yes, I'm very in, good I'm quiz. I like it. This is, well, this is yeah. a good quiz. Yeah. This is a good quiz. So there's a lot about my knowledge of football that I've got the pandit twice and not the player. You've got, go you got two pandits. You've got two points for the pandits. Uh, okay, number three. It's depressing, actually, reading this. <laughs> number three. <laughs> you make excuses for Arsenal all the time, but it's a load of rubbish. The Arsenal players must drive you crazy. A shambles. You look for your senior players to lead by example. When he... Mm. Rakeen is correct. When he is your captain, to me, he is probably the most overrated player on the planet. Did he say that about Oba? No. No. No, you might not get this because it's a long time since he played for Arsenal. This is after a 2-1 defeat to Ostersund in the Europa League in February 2018. Um, Who was our captain then? Arsene Wenger's uh, last season. The most overrated player. I'll give you a clue. He's now playing in the Championship. Who captained us and is now playing in the championship? Good, that's a good quiz. Wow, question. Wow. That's in, it's, in itself, this is lovely stuff. Who's he playing? Overrated in the championship. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> you got me. No, I'm gone. I'm gone. Yeah. All right. Oh, you pass. Yeah. Yeah. Pass. Right. Jack Wilshire. Oh. Cap- oh, isn't that amazing that Jack Wilshire played in the Europa League in February yeah. 2018? I mean, I don't maybe, but I'm, ta- I'm taking uh, I'm taking Matthew Carr's mm. word for it as we move on to question four. You got all three pundits, T. Congratulations. <laughs> um, here's your quote. This is your quote. He hasn't improved anywhere near enough. He burst onto the scene and I think he's flattered to deceive for years. And how uninspiring it must be for the Arsenal players seeing him as captain. It's not Wilshire, by the way. Seeing him as captain leading you. He's not captain material. The ten other players are far more captain material than him. I'm really disappointed with him. He's a choker. Wow. Wow. That's wow. a big, big one. Wow. When you see it written down. Oh, oh, oh it's Keown and it's Ozil. No, isn't oh. it? I got, no, it's another player who's now uh, left Arsenal, but he's still in the Premier League. Well, he was captain. That sounded very Keown and Ozil. Okay, here's, here's the clue. Oh. Here's the clue. The pundit is quite harsh, quite strongly spoken. Pundit, forthright. good. No, no. Uh, Evra. Uh, th- th- is it Evra? This, not Evra. This player was named captain in a side. Uh, this is against Red Star Belgrade in the Europa League in November 2017. Again, uh, Arsene's last season. Walcott was named captain in a side containing Reese Nelson, Joe Willock, Ainsley Maitland Niles, Eddie Nketiah, and Hibernian's goalkeeper. It's not Rio, is it? No. Do you give up? Yeah, yeah go I give on. up. It's Chris Sutton on Ooh. Theo Walcott. Ooh. Excellent. Wow. This is a great game. Yeah. Yeah, good game. Good game. Well, I think okay, Damien got... would have given you a run for your money on this one, too. There's two more. There's two more. Uh, in the end, one goal was enough to win the game against Everton. And when you saw a, a score a superb goal like that, you are entitled to celebrate. What I don't get is the appalling disco jig that follows. Why spoil such a wonderful finish with such a spine-chilling dance? What's wrong with punching the air or running to the crowd? Oh, Ian Stone. I was, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a pundit. 
of sorts. <laughs> and he's a pundit. He's done punditry. You know, I thought it might be a, a, a curveball there. I thought a guy might have just slid that what one under, you know, on the last, last what nugget. What an answer. <laughs> done. That's the one thing this quiz was missing. That's actually the right yeah. answer. Whatever the, whatever the actual answer is, that's the right answer. Uh, so the pundit is a, is a pundit that I know, too, you can't stand him and I can't stand him either. I'll give you a clue. He used to play with Tottenham. I mean, it's not Jermaine Genus, is it? No. It's not. Uh, oh, which of a bit old school. Speaks in a funny way, weird. Gary Mabbott. bloke. Gary Mabbott. No, 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 no. He's, he's a great man, Gary Mabbott. Should have played for Arsenal. I actually quite no, like. No, no. I actually quite like Glenn Hoddle, so he's not Glenn Hoddle. Not Glenn Hoddle. No, it's Garth Crooks. Oh, oh Garth, Garth Crooks, and uh, he's talking about. Lacquer scoring uh, the opening goal in a 2-0 win against Everton. <laughs> a routine 2-0 against Everton. The routine home wins are a thing <laughs> yeah, in the past. Yeah. Uh, last one. Here we go. The last one. Get a stake down, you pal. Get that stake down, you raw. He was a good player, but he's gone. I don't know what's happened to him. Look at Diego Costa. Do you think he has a Caesar salad every Sunday? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's Alan all there. Brazil. It's Alan Brazil. Uh, Alan it's Brazil. Alan Brazil. So, yeah. Bellerin. Hector Bellerin. Viga. Yeah. It is Brazil on Bellerin. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, yeah, I remember listening to that. I don't know what you're yeah. Vegans don't say, hi, how you doing? They say, hi, I'm a vegan. They get it in first. My, my Alan Brazil slightly turning. I should say, by the way, I made my... Um, me and me and Garth Crooks made our piece in a in a in a pub in Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'll find the picture and uh, send it over to not you Bentley. But I interviewed him for a show about black footballers, and he was brilliant. And yeah, uh, good, good. He was also two hours late. Then he came oh, in and dem- oh, wow. yeah, two hours late demanded but, I bought him a pint. But then again, you were probably oh. two hours late too, so it all came together at the same time, yeah. didn't it? Well, we have to say to <laughs> yeah. there's a, a man not known for his punctuality. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah, come well, on. Keith, but Keith, you, Keith, you, Keith, you think anyone's late? The only time you've ever been on time in your life. <laughs> Keith, you think anyone's, you think anyone's late if they're half an hour before kickoff? So, <laughs> yeah, Keith, you're always early, Mister Punctual. Weirdo. That's my. Yeah, that's you're not punctual. You're early. <laughs> What's wrong with being early? I ain't going to miss anything. Well, the day before to case the joint does not count though as normal. <laughs> Especially when you go into your same seat that you go to every week. I like to uh, absorb the atmosphere. Uh, Barry Kernon has emailed with a uh, Edward Sheringham. Oh, good. Um, oh, God. I'm glad you haven't retired this. Well, it's only an anagram, actually. It's oh. not a story. Oh, we ain't got any that. stories. No stories. Nothing, goes, could, uh, nothing can be out of pops. <laughs> out uh, of the uh, bush. A uh, bush opened and out pop telly. A bush no, party uh, and out pop telly. <laughs> He says he's a long-time listener, and to illustrate that he's a long-time listener, he's putting he's putting quotes. Get in your bed, Rooney, and that really is going well. Oh. Uh, is is it's Edward sharing an email? Is deranged harm wish? So nice, <laughs> That's a good one. Nice effort, nice effort, Barry. Thanks. I, I must say, every time we do the Teddy Sheringham thing, I think of Dick Dastley. Now, this animated Teddy Sheringham comes to mind. You know, I don't know if anyone recalls. The wacky races and Dick Darsley would do everything he could to win and he'd always lose. You know? And I just think of him now. Yes, I think he probably is a like bit the like closest, Dick Darsley. He is, isn't it? The closest yeah. to it, although he's actually quite likeable, but the closest, I think, 
the person who's enjoying being a Premier League footballer as much. I think James Madison's got that air about him of a man who very much enjoys it. But I like him, though. Uh, James Madison, I put a thing on Not You Bentley, which didn't get a lot of reaction, but uh, James Madison gave an interview... um, Mm. About James Madison, he gave a very good into very good appraisal of all the qualities of James Madison, <laughs> and all the things that James Madison does well, which is pretty much everything, and all the areas in which he will inevitably improve. and uh, And he is, of course, he is an excellent footballer. He's having a brilliant season, superb assists and shots on goal, and doing all the things that you know. Really, he's making William look like me. Making he makes <laughs> William look like look like they've picked Jonathan Creek for the Arsenal. That's what he does. <laughs> But I I like to watch Dad's Army reruns, and he so reminds me of Private Walker. He absolutely oh. just sounded like a spiff. Honestly, if he just kept pulling a cigarette out of his mouth and talking a little bit more about how he wants to get his numbers up and then having another little puff and then opening his tracksuit to show he had some Rolexes there and then having another little puff and then kept darting from side to side and saying, I'm getting a few more goals. I'm hoping to knock in a couple more next season. I like to get my numbers up. He is so Private Walker. Do you want a car? Well, I've got, a, I've got car. a lot of time for him because I like those sort of footballers. Yeah, I like. We all do, don't Characters. we? I like number 10s. I like that people with a bit of close control who try something cocky, skillful, talented. He's a terrific player and I think he'd be up there for uh, player of the season. Well, only him and Grealish are in the running at the moment. Now, now speaking of super skillful, uh, wonderful players, uh, Mark Rosato has uh, emailed to say, oh, I'm conducting this email a day after our robbery at the hands of Wolves. Uh, the subject line says it all. Uh, the subject line says, Craig Pawson is a wanker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, know where he's, we know where he stands on the penalty decision. <laughs> Last week you discussed uh, who would you would you pick if you had to choose between Ramsey and Super Jack. Oh, yeah, I'd rather enjoy the debate. That. I'd rather enjoy the debate. I said, OK, I want to throw one in the hat and ask, at their peak, at their best... Having the game of their life, the best game for Arsenal, who would you have? Cesc Fabregas or Mesut Ozil? Oh, oh Cesc Fabregas. Not a second, not a second wow. needed yes, for God's yeah. chess piece. Wow. wow. Yeah, good, good shout. I mean, I'm with you. Good call. This is one of the all-time greats. But, but. It's decent. He, he was consistently excellent. 99.5 out of 10 in everything he did all day long. But no one, not even Burkamp, not even Henri, no one can do the things that Mesut Ozil can do oh. when he's at his best. The touches, the feints, the unbelievable weight of pass through the absolute eye of a needle. He can see something and put a ball, just land it on the toe of a boot in a way. No one plays football like Mesut Ozil. Let's leave Thierry out of it. Hang on. I'm telling you, at his oh. best, yes. that man... Dismantles any football team that's oh, ever played. Just made my teeth. Can I? Can I? Yes, but can let, let me throw this in. Cesc Fabregas played with a broken leg and took a penalty. Uh, Ozil wouldn't play with a broken eyelash or a fingernail, <laughs> right? You know, he would go. I've got a broken leg. No, that's not. No, that's not what I'm asking. This no, isn't I, the debate. This I, isn't I, the I, debate. This is at their absolute best. Who's the best? Let's um, leave. Let's put. Let's leave it at those two because I'm like the Thierry thing has obviously just made me shudder. But um, you couldn't do it. <laughs> Never scored in a final. Oh come oh, on! Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. but true. Oh, uh, you know, all right, I'll go. I'll say it to you. Who would you? I, you know, it's the European Cup final. We need a second goal to Oh, don't bring Who's, that who up would again. You, who do you want at number nine? Didier Drogba or Thierry Henry? <laughs> Oh, don't do it don't even answer it no. don't, you're entitled to hang up listener <laughs> listener turn off 
That's painful. I'm not answering that. I'm not answering that one. That one, I'll never answer that on tape as mm. long as I'm alive. But no, back to the Sesc and Merzel yeah. one. That's a good one. But yeah, you've made a great question actually because obviously Sesc was 95% brilliant and Meza Ozil was 5% brilliant. But is that 5% better than Sesc's? I'll still say no, but I like it as a, it's a good I like question. It as a, good question. I like it as a question. I got one from my mate Jade actually just before we started saying that honestly, and he said no Mickey Mouse players. Who would you? Which of our good players would you swap out for Grealish? Well, good players, that four. <laughs> wow. Well, who would you keep? I mean, uh, I, I said, mean, I said, I, I, said I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't swap Saka for Grealish. But I'd swap anyone. No, I wouldn't want to lose Smith Rowe no. or Martinelli. But what I'm saying to you is, I wouldn't want to lose the potential of these three wonderful 19, 20 year olds. But as far as the senior players go, the ones who are in Grealish's bracket, the ones who are at the, you know, mm. at the peak of their powers, mid-twenties, he's pissing all over our squad. I mean, it, it, compare him to Pepe and think if we'd gone to Aston Villa with £72 million. Pounds, yeah. Uh, really, it's farcical. It's farcical, the Pepe signing, the transfer fee. And no one will ever be held to account. None of them are employed by Arsenal anymore. Well, I was going to say, they were they? held to account, weren't they? Because they lost their jobs because of it. Like, that's well, a yes, big part That's a big part of the set. The... Yes, Yeah, but we haven't been told the full story, and I still think no, something we don't really stinks know. about the whole Pepe deal. I really do. It really does. It's something stinks about all of it. Mm. What was Socrates about? Mm. Why Socrates? Why Leno? Why Torreira? Mm. Well, I, I get Guendouzi because he's got bags of potential and he was inexpensive. Same with Martinelli. These signings make sense. Mm. You know, if you can get a really talented 19-year-old for 7 million quid, you're a mug not to do it, right? In the same way that Tottenham went and got Daly Alley for 5 million quid. But he was young and unproven at the top level, but they went for it. It's a no-lose, right? You can always send him back to League One for £5 million pound or the Championship or whatever. But those are, those are fine. But going and getting senior players, finished article, ready to play for Arsenal, and they did all that money and bought a shower of shit. That really, when we had better players there, that was shocking. And players that we could have got, we could have got Zaha to, to Palace, with this, you know, that kind of money. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. Love a bit of Zaha, and I love that journey from South to North. Well, at least that mob up the road cheered us up by losing and hearing their fans. Well, they are they making want Mourinho it, out there, don't they? Don't they are making it easy for us, aren't they? Um, big shout to Norman Jays trolls me after every game but um yeah they're they're it's not even going to be third season it's going to be third trimester <laughs> well get rid of him, at the moment they're ninth from we're 10th mm. yeah and it matters again yeah, yeah, yeah as long as they don't as long as they don't win the league we can be a shower of shite and improve daryl musk what a name uh, a long time freeloading scum here I thought I might be able to help Keith out with something I noticed him saying on quite a few podcasts recently he listens to the game on the radio I don't know if it's by choice uh, yes, or if he needs to watch the games he could how long contact, have you got <laughs> and he's got a Twitter feed uh, who says he'll get you all the games oh uh, right okay uh, so I'll send you yeah that. thanks mate cheers <laughs> Cheers. I'll try so now, you've got other, now you've got other options to ignore the game well, Keith <laughs> Uh, Daniel yeah. Maguire sent another quiz but we'll do it next week let's do spot the commentary I've got some quite good ones mm. ok here we go there are three as usual um, the score might sometimes be apparent but we're looking for as much information as you can give me ahead of your rival uh, and participant uh, this is the first one this week and easy again purposeful a lovely ball to Chambers Mings just about gets it clear Chambers who's got it! Callum Chambers 
Ricochet back to him. Back in the team off the bench. Chambers reacts first and guides it into the corner. Villa at home. And it was a 3-2 win. Oh, Keith. Yes, that's right. And we came from behind. Yes, we did. Uh, Callum Chambers, if you remember before he got injured, was our player of the season. I shit you not, not even out of favouring someone who I like, just he was the best player that I in Arsenal squad until he got injured that season. He came up with a goal in that game and then Aubameyang scored the winning goal with a free kick and the the last two goals came in the last 10 Mm. minutes. It was a thriller in front of a big crowd at the Emirates, Mm. proper game of football. Was that the game where we had a player uh, sent off? Villa. Did we have a player yes, sent I think off? We were, yes, that's right. I think we were down at 10 men as well. So <laughs> I, I was supposed to meet, as you know, <laughs> as you know, we always used to meet uh, my old teacher, Frank, after a Villa game. I was supposed to meet yes. him that one. He couldn't have scarped any quicker that day. Got a very, very short going home next time. Um, ah, I well, just think, after the, the games this season, he probably would have come and stayed at yours. <laughs> <laughs> And brought a few DVDs uh, along as well, I, so you can see. Have you ever won the European Cup? European I did Cup, get a text from him European straight Cup. after the game, and I Have do mean straight after the game. European Cup. All right, Keith, you're 1-0 up, my friend. Uh, all right, now, listen to this. This is quite a long one, and unusually, I've included all of the goals in this game because it's the whole uh, segment of commentary is quite good, so... Have a listen to this one. Doors, who's only brought here just before the start of the season from Queen's Park Rangers. And Cascarino gets the better of Adams. He's sharing him there. It's a goal from Carter, who keeps up an astonishing run. Smith. And Marwood. A wonderful strike. Marwood, Old Merson, and Smith. Justice is done. Okay, so you had your hand up. Come on. It's not the one I thought, but um, it is obviously Arsenal Millwall. Um, Yes, it is Millwall uh, away from home. In the cup? No. No. I'm out. No, it's. uh, do Do you know the season, Keith? It's not like- the clues in there were Cascarino, Sheringham and Jimmy Carter playing as the forward line for Millwall. Uh, Carter scoring and uh, Arsenal coming back with goals from Marwood and Smith. Might give you a clue to the season. Wow, that would be, would be 90? 90? No, this is the 88-89 season. Wow. Yeah, another example of, you could say, that's the goal that won us the league. Uh, that was, uh, I'm pretty sure that was at the Old Den. I, I, stand, I could stand to be corrected on that, but I'm pretty sure that was at the Old Den. Uh, terrifying uh, afternoon, but we won, so that's all that matters. Was that the one where they mic'd up the referee and there was a lot of swearing, apparently? And I think that's right. I think that's what he's referring to, because Arsenal had a good goal disallowed that went over the line yes. and Adams lost it with that's Ellery right. he called him calling an him an effing cheat. And, and the thing the thing about it was, and it was a bit naughty, was they hadn't told the Arsenal players that he was mic'd mm. up. Uh, so they were really made to look very, very bad. In, very, very bad indeed. But they were the thing is, the Arsenal players were in the right. He had got it wrong. Mm. 
But he wasn't cheating, he just didn't know. Do you know what was interesting? It was, annoying, uh, it was on the radio this week, they were talking about, you know when Paul Davis punched that guy, uh, was it Glenn Cockrell? Glenn Cockrell, yeah. And the only reason he got that long band, because they showed it on the highlights in the evening. So it, uh, during the game, it hadn't even been noticed, I don't think. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, Cockerell was injured, but no one knew. No one knew, and they showed it off the ball. And now, and we we've got a pretty good idea why a mild Paul Davis wouldn't would do such a thing. And I'm thinking, wonder if he would have got that long band today. You know, different times, different actually. I don't think he would have got that band. Well, I don't. Anyone ever I've spoken to connected to the club or with any knowledge, just go. Well, I think we know how that went down. Yeah, we do. But it's interesting. Uh, they will never, they will say, never say, Paul. Uh, they will never say. Paul Davis will never say what was said. He will never say what happened that afternoon, why he was so furious with Cockrell. Everyone had their suspicions about about it. Uh, but neither Cockrell nor Davis ever broke the omerta of the of ye oldie first division. But you're quite right to think that the Premier League, especially in the current climate, things might have been investigated a bit more fully or people might have just speculated on social media. Mm. But uh, he uh, he smashed his door and he was eating through a straw for ages. Uh, yeah, that game was that game was at the old den. I remember it quite well. I mean, it really was. You were underneath a floodlight pylon. Uh, with barbed wire all around. <laughs> what was the, yeah, what was the year? Uh, it was a great football ground, though. It was a brilliant football yeah, ground. Yeah, but what you actually liked the what idea the... of having barbed wire in front of you, though, didn't you? It was, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? I'm, I'm remembering the one that I was getting confused with, I think. I remember when I might have been 95. I know I was at university back at Goldsmiths, and they beat us in the cup, maybe on penalties, and I had to make the journey from no. library back to my hall's... In South in right. South East London, yeah, they did knock us out in the FA Cup one. Accompanied yeah. all the way back by Millwall fans because those are the days when I actually used to sort of go along as a sort of African version of Keith in colours and stuff. And so I kind <laughs> of uh, so I was wearing them all the way back. And uh, and and it's the only time I was glad that they beat us actually because they got off at London Bridge when I did. They followed us all the way back to Newcross and uh, were laughing all the way. But. Um, yeah, only because they beat yeah, us. They beat us at uh, Highbury, and they they had some of them stand, obviously standing in the clock, and then standing all along the, uh, the west terracing, along the touchline, which is where I used to stand when I was a twelve, thirteen year old. But that was all away fans, and we we our seats used to be in the front row of the west lower, and they were about I don't know what fifteen foot below. And several of them spent the whole game just sort of shouting abuse at us. But by the end of it, they were just shouting, how can you watch this shit every week? How can you come down here and watch this shit every week? And to have no answer to them was just awful. Well, you wouldn't... We were with Patrick and he kept going, they're going to come over the wall. They're going to come over the wall. We should go and sit up the back. And we bloody well, well did as well. We ran well, away. Because they kept we putting their finger across their throat. <laughs> That'll I do mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you've seen the famous, uh, the, you know, video of the Tottenham fan mocking the Millwall fans as they walked up, walk up Seven Sisters. Yeah, and he gets knocked out. <laughs> I mean, what did he think was going to happen? It's on YouTube. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he's just, he's, he's 
Just shouting abuse at them. Just one of them breaks ranks. Feels like good to be anyone. Goes over and knocks him out. And then no one else reacts. Yeah, no one. <laughs> Not even the police. Just look, well, what do you think? What's going to happen? We've said it on this podcast before about coming out of the new den after we knocked him out on pens. Was yeah. it League Cup? And Seaman saved three pens. And they were really furious. And they were looking for Arsenal fans everywhere. And, and a, a police horse had to keep... Millwall fans in a pub. The only way they could hold them in the pub to stop them rioting <laughs> and killing us all was to put a police horse in front of the door. you got to admire it in a way. Uh, okay, last one. Here we go. Last one. This is quite a... This is a magnificent afternoon. It really was. Um, happy memories. Sansom. And Quinn's there. And Adams is there. And it's a goal to Arsenal. They scored. Oh, they scored anyway. That's a weird thing to say. Isn't Feels it? like it's against Spurs. <laughs> correct. Yes, that's correct. It was against Tottenham. <sighs> Anything else about it? Uh, was it the? It was the league, wasn't it? it was it was in the league? It? Yeah, it was in the league. I'm going to say 1987. 1987. Yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah. T nailed it. Back of the net. Uh, yes, that's right. It was in the league. Uh, we were unbeaten for ages. This was in January 87. Um, the new young team that George put out in his first season, all the kids got a chance. They built a bond that carried them through three seasons to the title at Anfield. If you give kids a chance, you've got real talent. If you show faith in them, if you clear out the deadwood, get the old men out of the way, we're blocking up the team, let the kids go in together as a group. You need three or four around them, your Viv Andersons, Mm. you need people like that who are going to help them out. But give them their head, let them be the side, tell them they're the future, tell them they're going to play for Arsenal for the next three seasons together and he's going to give them their chance and they might just do that for you. And as it was, we ended up fourth in the league that season and we won the League Cup against Liverpool and that was a season where we won at White Hart Lane three times and every time it was by two goals to one. Adam's got the first goal in that game and Paul Davis from a free um, kick, I think. That's right, from a free kick and the free kick was given after a brilliant move uh, uh, cut through the Tottenham midfield and Martin Hayes was clean through on the goalkeeper. He scored 24 goals that season, Martin Hayes, half of them penalties, 12 penalties. And uh, he got hacked down by Mitchell Thomas in the D. A uh, real Mitchell Thomas. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. Name. He caught up with and he, and he just brought him down in the D and, uh, it, you know, it was a goal or a pen. He probably would have stuck it away, actually, because he was finishing mm. well that season, Martin Hayes. And, uh, he came anyway, from Luton, didn't he? I think he had a great flat. We got a goal from the free. He had free a great kick. flat top, I think. Mitchell Thomas at some point. Was it Luton? Yes, yes, yes. Gary Lineker said of uh, Mitchell Thomas that he is magnificent. <laughs> and, uh, I think we. Know. I, I know. Or, or was that Alex Ferguson on Dion? No, it was Alex Ferguson on Dion Dublin. Keith's obviously taking yeah. headphones off again. As we... <laughs> I think. No, I think. I, I think that Dion Dublin and then Lineker cited Mitchell Thomas mm. as a, as a, a rival for yeah. any for any man. As a benchmark, <laughs> we just like to celebrate magnificence here on a Tuesday club, Keith. Like, uh, come with us. <laughs> so, who won there then? Who? How did that pan out, Keith? You got the Villa one. Yeah, I yeah. I got, I got so 87. you came in. 
You got eighty seven Arsenal at Spurs. And who got the uh who got the Millwall one? Did anyone um, get it? I said Millwall, but yeah, then I got the game wrong. You said the you said that it was one 0 in the cup, but but no, it was it was when we played them in the league, wasn't it? So that would be yeah. ninety one. Yeah, Carter season. Sheringham and Cascarino tipped it for me, but that was that was I was guessing after that. Yeah, it was away, wasn't it? We played them at Millwall. It's, yeah, ninety. It was in the cup. I think it was around about December time, something like that. Okay, here we go. I'd like to start. Uh, this is from Will Porch. Um, I'd like to start with my relatively short story on Teddy Sheringham. Me and my dad drove past him, stood outside the Methodist Church on Loughton High Road a few months ago. I know it well. Loughton High Road, of course, where I grew up. He was wearing a Balenciaga tracksuit. It just keeps on giving. Oh, my God. If you don't know what Balenciaga is, have a look at Miriam and Lacker's Instagram pages, as if I would ever do that. Uh, I'll leave that to you, T. You'll see that 54-year-old Teddy is clearly embarrassingly <laughs> too old to be seen in that. Full stop. What a bell end. Full That's stop. tremendous. Uh, I've also got a story on David Bentley. Me and my brother worked at Top Golf in Chigwell as teenagers. And Bentley once came in with two lovely-looking young ladies. They always love... <laughs> young ladies love golf, don't they? Uh, I took his food order to his driving range bay and he, nor the girls, even looked at me, let alone thanked me for my service. They simply carried on laughing and being shit at golf <laughs> as he ended up being shit at football. <laughs> what, what a belly. Oh, I, like, I, I like these all the more when they become embittered. That's pure jealousy. Isn't it? Uh, next, I'd like to bring up the time my dad did a Damien to me when I played cricket for Loughton Cricket Club as a kid. One game I was bowling and the batsman lobbed up a court and bowl chance for me, at which point I threw myself forward and took an unbelievable diving catch. I was jubilant until I looked up at my dad, Vince, standing at square leg, claiming our wicketkeeper had encroached during my run-up. Oh, what? Damien's got what? his own slot now. He'll be made up, won't he? Every week it, of the week. Yeah, we've found <laughs> d- disgusting acts in, in games of cricket. It's a whole new... Yeah. Uh, he gave this as a no ball and robbed me of one of the best wickets I've ever taken. That game, that, that, I couldn't sleep last week. I was, listening to, I was listening to the podcast in bed and I was just thinking, just in tears laughing at Damien's absolute... Bedwetting rule following behaviour. <laughs> it was absolutely superb, isn't it? Amazing. It was superb. No bought his brother on a hat trick. Absolutely brilliant. Shout out for Joe Root. I was playing cricket in, uh, we got in there, I've got artificial grass in our back garden. We've been trying to get this for years. It's been a bone of contention. Uh, of all the things that you might fall out over with your wife after a year of lockdown, you wouldn't think artificial grass would be the one. Oh. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing that took me and Katie to break him <laughs> But I, I just today I've got his little blonde-haired five-year-old and I'm just looking at him thinking, he, he really does look like Joe Root. And if he could if he could just... I've given up on Arsenal. If he can be the next Joe Root, I'll die I'll happy, man. What a batsman that man is. What a perfect mm. batsman. So when you go into marriage counsellor... Uh, Counseling and the counselor goes right. There's there's no right and there's no wrong in this room. Okay, so what was it, Alan? What was it? It was the plastic grass. <laughs> there's no right. There's no right or wrong in this room. There is a massive bowling machine that your husband has just bought, <laughs> and he's going to take home afterwards and set it to Malcolm Marshall setting for your son. Yeah, 
Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> have you seen, uh, I've seen our good friend, a uh, little plug here for our good friend, Romish Ranga Nathan's rather good television series that he does with Rob Beckett, where they go and have a go at different things. And they had a go at cricket. And they were out in South Africa. I mean, you, you do watch, you think, oh, you jammy sods, what a great gig. But they're lovely blokes and they're both massive gooners, obviously. And um, anyway, they go to meet Kevin Peterson in the, and, he, and he meets them at the nets, indoor nets, for a few batting tips. And he shows them a bowling machine and he sets it to 70 miles oh. an hour, which is, uh, as you know, as you know, T, medium pace. That's not even nudging fast bowling. It's Derek Pringle pace. Uh, and he and he hit the the go button, and this ball hit the back curtain like you like a honestly a, like a bazooka had fired it, and they both shat themselves. It was really funny. Really, I think Rob Beckett actually just left the nets. <laughs> Can you blame him? <laughs> really, really, that's really, amazing. Imagine really that coming good. down from six foot eight as well, and it's a uh, curtly, curtly oh, Ambrose. Yeah. Yeah, oh, there's quite a long story. I'm not going to read it. I think we might knock it on the head, lads. Uh, now, what's happening this week? We're not in the cup. It's cup this week, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mid-week FA Cup. Uh, keep yeah. a look out for the Wolves uh, Southampton game. Had we had we not thrown the cup at Southampton, we'd be playing Wolves mm. away this week, and that might have a bit of needle. Attached. And you know what you were saying about mm. the uh, Europa League game? It, that could possibly be a one-legged match, but it's where they actually play it. Oh um, yeah, there's been a bit uh, of talk about this, isn't there? Mm. So it could be a neutral venue, possibly in Iceland. <laughs> well, to square the circle, let's play it at Dulwich Hamlet because they're going to be needing the money. Yeah, why, why not? not? Yeah, they play it. They could just play it on a massive oil tanker in the North Sea. Yeah, I did hear that Liverpool. I might have to play in Budapest. Just play that. it on Adama Traore's back. Yeah. Uh, Connor Galvin, uh, one more last email. Who emails us regularly with excellent songs. Uh, has come up with one from Martin Odegaard. <laughs> uh, it's Odegaard, I can't believe it. We got him from Madrid on a short-term loan. And Odegaard, he can't <laughs> believe it. The spuds are playing games in a toilet bowl. Odegaard, I can't <laughs> believe it. We got him from Madrid on a short-term loan. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Thanks, Connor. Legs. Connor Galvin in Galway. Uh, so our next game is Leeds at home next weekend. Am I right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And then uh, supposedly at some point we play Benfica, and after that I've lost interest. <laughs> I mean, really, if we lose to Benfica, really, That's it. just play the, just play the kids, the rest yeah. of the season. Just play, please, God, just play Balogun and Lacazette uh, and, and Ketter up front, Lacazette on the bench. Play Smith Rowe. Play. Give them all a go. Give them five, six games. Give them a run of matches. Come. On. What is the mm. point? What is the point of letting a kid like Balogun possibly get to the end of his contract at nineteen and never giving him five or six Premier League games on the bounce when you got fifteen games to go and nothing to play for? Mm. Really, it's ridiculous. Stop bullshitting about the project and and take this opportunity to give these kids a turn. That's what. Absolutely I concur with that. All right, let's see. See you, mate.